0: From the battlefield to the White House to the boardroom, today we talk with Robert Bo Brabo about leading organizations to be more value-based.
1: Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned And how I'll be putting it into action. Now, enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast.
0: Bo Bravo, welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Chad. Thank you for having me. Excited to excited to do this. Yeah, we're gonna dig into your book from the battlefield to the White House to the boardroom leading organizations to valued based results and You have such an interesting career and such a great trajectory, you know, through the U S army and your time um, serving Mm -hmm. two different administrations, two different uh, political administrations in the white house uh, um, and so many other different stops along the way. What interests you so much in kind of getting the word out? Is it just, you've had just this great example of, of leadership in the army. What is it about
2: leadership that drives you? I think it's the focus on people. And when you have a true focus on your people, then you can really get to the point where you are operating with very high performing teams and i wrote this book as a as a, an example of my journey my journey setting an example on how to do that and i really try to home in on you know you have two very politically different administrations and if there's this team this machine that's making all that work and all of that political dogma just goes away because everybody's Everybody's aligned to these core values. All the behaviors are aligned. It's amazing what can be achieved. And that's what I set out to do uh, in this book and what I'm doing in life today. You know, we've got so many, we've got a great dedicated group
0: of listeners and, and, uh, you know, I always, I always find it interesting because all the people we bring on as guests, they just come from different backgrounds. And yes, uh-huh. you come from a military background. You just talked about dogma and you talked about kind of the, the politics of it. You came from the world where you were in Washington, DC, but what you know, talk about some of the greatest leadership lessons you can have the, 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 the military, military, rather, um, the army, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the greatest leadership lessons you can, uh, you can take away. What is sure. it about the U S army from your perspective that you go, this is, this foundation is, is applicable no matter if you're in, in a corporate world, you're in a small business. If you're leading people, this works.
2: Yeah, I think, um, a word that has always popped out to me is empowerment. You cannot build leaders without empowering them to actually go forth and do the things that you've trained them to do. The army teaches that and starts teaching that at a very early stage. You might only be three years in uh, to the army and you're going to your first leadership development course. And once you once you get some training, you go you go back to your organization. Then your leadership puts you in charge and they give you basically the keys. to to do what it is that you're supposed to be doing, give you the opportunity to lead people and to grow other people. And you have these mentors around you that help build you up and you can start that leadership journey and it just continues to escalate from there. And without the empowerment piece, uh, when you put people in charge, if you don't actually empower them to do it, uh, they don't learn to the fullest extent possible. Uh, So I pull empowerment away from there. I hear it a lot in the corporate world, the, the importance of empowerment. But if you don't actually let go of the reins and let your people, it's almost like, you know, you got to let them go and they might fail and that's okay. And you pick them back up and maybe do some more training, some more testing and let them go again. Uh, it is such a powerful, a powerful tool. Uh, and if you don't get there, then, then, then you may not build the leaders that you think you're going to build or that you'd like to build. And a great example of that from a military perspective is, uh, at all levels, right? You have commanders. Well, those commanders, they may, they're given a mission and then they're empowered to go accomplish that mission. Uh, That's how it works. Even when I was working at the White House, you know, we had an agency commander and when he said, when he gave the order and he says, Bo, you're going to go lead this, this communications team for, you know, President Obama's trip to Chicago or wherever. When I was out on that trip site as the, the head representative of our agency, my commander expected me to lead with that authority as the, as the head of that organization while on the road serving the president. And if he had tried to micromanage or, or, or anything like that, it would have just made for uh, almost an impossible mission accomplishment uh, mindset, if you will. It just You just would have never gotten there. So empowerment, Chad, it's a big word. It means a lot. You got to let your people do what it is that you want them to do.
0: Yeah, allow your people to be brilliant. Allow your people to yep. shine. And so you you speak so highly, uh, and 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 you you connect. Values within almost everything that you talk about, and and obviously, um, for you, um, those values really were hammered home um, within your time in the in the army. And so, right. how do you see the linkage between you know values based leadership and 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 having the right behaviors, and, and ultimately, I mean, what all of our listeners are concerned
2: about is how does all of this work to to the, the results of the bottom line? Yeah, great question. I love that question. So, values-based leadership is all about behaviors, and I tried to tried to put that into, and I tried to put it into a formula um, where behaviors plus time equals values. So, to get to the bottom line, when you when you when you look at organizations, uh, a great example is like JetBlue Airways. They they have done this in the civilian world, where they said these are our values, and these are all the behaviors that we would have associated and expect. These types of values and it starts at the top. So, the stakeholder from the CEO all the way down to your most junior employees, those behaviors are defined and what they expect and what they should be. And then everybody exemplifies those behaviors. And when you multiply that by all your employees, that really develops the culture of your organization. So, if you have core values and there are words on a website. There are words on a wall inside the organization, but nobody has taken the time to actually define what those values mean, all the way down to individual job position and behaviors expected in every single role inside of your organization. And it's communicated over and over and over in everything that you do, from hiring new candidates, bringing people onto the team, integrating them, getting them to be within the fabric of your organization, uh, and always communicating what your values are, what they stand for, and why they're important—that is how you get to. That is how you get to true uh, inclusion inside of your organization. How you empower your people, it will it will lead to uh, teams having ownership. They'll all consider themselves stakeholders in the organization. And take ownership of everything that they're doing, and when you're when your team members your people have real ownership inside of the organization because they truly feel like they belong and they're all tied to a set of to a set of very strong core values their performance goes through the roof so that's the bottom line and there's plenty of studies people don't have to to trust me on it there's plenty of studies out there that show this is the case when you have strong core values and it's And it's proliferated throughout the organization individual core values aligned with the company core values and it's communicated consistently and regularly then people perform better people perform higher teams collaborate more there's more innovation uh it's like we've built if you think about it if you're going to build a house it needs to be on a foundation Uh, if it's not built on a foundation it could blow over it's going to fall down it could tilt Companies are this, organizations are the same way. You got to have some type of foundation that you're building your company upon. And the best foundation from my experience is values, your core values. What do they mean? They're not just words. They have meaning. What are, what are all of the behaviors that you would want to see based on those core values in every single role inside your company? You had
0: such a career in, in the U S army and thank you for your service. You saw combat, uh, um, uh, you notably, you talk about the combat you saw in Iraq, um, back mm-hmm. in the aughts, uh, in the 2003, 2004, I believe 2004, what, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's a story that you can share with us that really exemplifies all of your training, um, and how it applied when things get really rough, because again, you know, as we record this, I always like to timestamp this, but as we record this in May in 2021, still in the midst of, of, of COVID and the pandemic and our workforce has changed drastically. So let's just be very honest. Our battlefields on a daily basis are going to be very different than what you experienced, but, but. True leadership comes to light um, when people's lives are on the line. What did you see during your time? What's a story that you can share with us that really sticks with you about how all of these learnings really, really pulled together and uh, not only um, helped you complete your mission, um, yeah. but uh, we're still talking today, which means you were you were able to go through and and be a part of some successful operations.
2: Sure, I think one of the most profound stories for me coming out of uh, coming out of Iraq and in, in the combat arena. Uh, I've always been an HR professional, even in you know, my, all my time in the army, uh, head of HR operations for the White House, um, while I was also serving as the presidential communications officer. Um, but in a combat zone, HR takes on the role of casualty operations. And I had, uh, I had teams that were assigned in the combat support hospital. So uh, anytime casualties would come in, whether they've whether they're, they're wounded and they're, they're coming in for emergency services, you got, you got the medevac choppers coming in. Uh, I, had, I had my team members, they were there, it was 24 uh, 7. They're running 24 7 operations seven days a week. Um, and my people would run 12 hours on, 12 hours off. And what, what came to reality really quick, uh, the types of things that they were seeing and witnessing in that environment, whether they're wounded soldiers, uh, maybe soldiers who have been killed in action uh, coming in and then their role to capture that and uh, the administrative piece of of talking, what happened, who saw this, it's witness statements. There's all this, there's this HR role, if you will, inside of this uh, casualty center in a, in a combat support hospital. And then what, what starts to happen real quick is this is the type of stuff that people don't see every day. You don't see it out in your community but now you're in front of it every day and you're and it's the it's it's the it's the awful part of of combat where there's injury there's death Uh, so from a leadership perspective of serving those people and making sure that they had as much as possible they had the outlets to even while we were there to discuss what was happening to to be able to talk to people about what they were seeing uh, even if it's just get stuff off their chest get stuff out and talk about it so they don't hold it within uh, and then make sure that there was a rotation so that you're not you're not in this type of role for an entire year um, we did a couple months in the role then we would switch out have different people take on the role um, but it was the reality of combat uh, hitting my team uh, almost on day one uh, when 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 casualties start coming in uh, it's it's just something that that's the only place you experience things like that. Um, and unless you're a first responder in the U S it's not something that you, that you see. So that, that, that hit me hard, but it, it even brought home Chad, the reality that, Hey, you know, servant leadership means, uh, even in this environment, I have to do everything I possibly can to take care of my troops, their health, their well-being. um, even in that environment is critical. Let's
0: transition to uh, your time in the white house. And I had mentioned sure. this early on, you had talked about, uh, or I, I had shared that you, you served two different administrations. You were there with yep. uh, um, uh, George W and then there with, uh, with president Obama as well. And, um, And it's interesting because when I, when I think about leadership and when I think about, you know, the corporate world, you know, there are politics there. There are, of course, politics there, whether they're spoken or unspoken, sometimes it's just a part of the culture how were you able to find you know that that middle ground where you were able to didn't matter you know who you could or couldn't serve um, mm-hmm. you know from a from a, 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 you know from a fundamental uh, uh, standpoint you know where you where you may lie on the spectrum um, how do you lead in the midst of, of some competing ideologies, you know, how do you lead when when people are, are, are serving different masters, so to speak, and how can you do that in a way? What's ways where people, because I think, I think long-winded question, but I'm trying to get the yeah. heart of this, is which is the li- the world has changed so drastically and got so divided, yeah. lately and so divisive on your Facebook accounts and other ways. How can you sit down, how can you be a better leader when there are those other inputs which could impact the way you feel about a person?
2: Yeah, I think the first one is to have a sense of duty. Um, so, you know, the army describes duty as fulfilling your obligations. So if you're, if you're a service member or a soldier like I was, and you're in the white house, and even though the administration's change and they're very different, uh, you still have the sense of duty to fulfill, fulfill your obligation, supporting the office of the president, not supporting president Bush, not supporting president Obama, but supporting the office of the president. Cause that's, that's the, the office of the free world, if you will. And when you have that sense of duty uh, and what you're fulfilling your obligations, it helps you look past um, any of your, even your own political views or how you feel personally about a, about a situation or a policy decision that they're making, whether you agree with it, don't agree with it, whatever the case might be, you have a sense of duty and, and you have that same sense of duty within your entire team. To perform the mission that you that you're assigned to perform, or that that you have a duty to perform. So if you think about that inside the corporate world, when you take on a position in any company, uh, you have a duty to fulfill the obligation of that position. You're getting paid to do it. You may be receiving benefits. Uh, the company hired you for a reason. You have a duty to fulfill the obligation of that role. So even if you know people come and go, leaders come and go. Even if you don't agree with the CEO or you don't agree with your supervisor, you still have a you still have a duty to fulfill your obligation inside the role that you agreed to take. So there's some personal accountability that you agreed to take this job. This is what it's all about. Um, you made a decision. Fulfill your obligation, and. And another, another thing that came from uh, working working with some great leaders and great teams and under, understanding that whoever the leader is, uh, we'll say the CEO, commander, doesn't matter. They bring their team together. And when people are collaborating and talking and empowered to speak their mind and present ideas, potential solutions knowing that the, the leader has the ultimate responsibility to make that decision. When they make the decision after they've heard from their team and received all of the input and they make the decision, then you have a duty as a team member to leave that room, leave that space to go execute the decision that the leader made. So I think that's where the politics and in, in the, the office drama, the, the rumor mill, all of those types of things inside the corporate world uh, could take from could really take from the military types of lessons is that when, you, when you're when you the person in charge and you have respect in your organization and you have honor and integrity and selfless service, these types of things inside your organization, when the decision is made, then the team executes on the decision. And when you're finished with execution, you perform a good after-action review, go over what you did right, what you did wrong, what can you do better the next time, and work on improved continuous process improvement, um, but the key is the key is when the decision in may, is made, the team has to be unified in executing that decision. And that doesn't mean you go out with your other team member and start bad mouthing the boss because you don't like the decision that was made. That's that's toxic. Um, that's what I try to infuse in any of the teams that I've been part of, any of the companies I've been part of since I retired in 2013. It's what we preach. Inside of our leadership development program that we have today uh, it's 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 so important to to honor the decisions that are made and fulfill your obligation in doing so as you're putting this book
0: together and you're reflecting on all of your learnings, what did you find out that may have surprised you or when you put pen to paper around resilience how do you how do you nurture that how do you grow that how do you build that up in a person
2: yeah, I think that's um I think that's experience. Uh, it just comes with uh, that continuous. Um, well, number one, it's it's having having your own mentors and coaches and leaders above you, who encourage you uh, to build you up and to keep you going, regardless of whether you fall or fail, uh, or how difficult a certain time fr- a time frame may be, or a project, or whatever the case might be. And um, I think resiliency comes comes with your own personal experience and really reflecting upon it. And I think that's what, it, when your question, in, in writing the book, it was really a time of reflection to say, man, um, I'm so thankful. These times, some of these times were really difficult, really, really challenging to get through. Uh, and they didn't always go the way you wanted them to go. But at, over time, those all start to add up. And it's almost like any challenge that faces you you just face it head on, and you don't have, you don't have the fear of going through it, uh, and it just continues to build, uh, build your resiliency internally. Um, but I think it it really takes the experiences, but, but most of all, you have to you have to take those moments to to reflect upon and and really really analyze what it is that you've been through to start building your own self confidence that you can do it, you can get through anything. By um, answering that the way. You expected because I, I think I resiliency it. is huge. Yeah, resiliency is huge, and you know the 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 frame of that
0: is you know again in in the business world, if you remain working during all of this, during everything, during the pandemic, it's it's uh, th- there's some tough days. You know, people weren't yeah. made to you know to to share a house with with uh, several other people all on Zoom calls at the same time and trying to show up oh, yeah. the best. And so resilience is such a big piece of that. And and I'll kind of you know shift the focus a little bit into. Um, your learnings around resiliency and change. Change is such a big part of it. It's part of our new new world. We don't know how this is all going to shake out and what work is going to be like in the coming years. I think it's, it continues to adjust and, and the organizations that continue to be out there and, and work and thrive, they've had, gone through some great change. How yeah. have you found, what are some tips that you share sure. that you learned as it applies to uh, adapting to change, dealing with change, showing up and actually being a part of the change and, and, and try not to resist it as much. Cause in the, in the army, sure. I would imagine resisting change might get you some pushups and some <laughs> runs and things like that. And the corporate yeah. world doesn't have that. And also let's be honest um, you know, people are hurting at times during all of this. And so how can you find, yeah. how can you give people some tips on how to, to better be adaptive to the, 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 the obvious uh, expected change that's going to continue to come.
2: Sure. I hope this, and I hope this resonates well because this is a great question, and I've been through this numerous times. And it, and it really came down uh, after I realized what was happening and how to get through these how to get through these tough times and and really really become resilient. Uh, for me, it boiled down to two things. Before it started, or even right when it started. I would always imagine that this is going to be really bad. Like in my mind, it's a mindset. I would create this image that this is not, this is going to be awful. Whether it's for me, whether it was, you know, going to airborne school and jumping out of airplanes or, uh, going to combat, like you're it's the, this is, this is going to be tough. So you're, you have the mindset and you know, you're, you're, you're basically facing the challenge and saying, this is going to be really hard. Um, and in doing so, you'll 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 start making some decisions, uh, knowing that it's going to be hard. And then you have to tell yourself, "Listen, if there's one thing that we cannot stop, it's time. Time will time will continue. You know, tomorrow will come, and the next day will come, and eventually the tough time will end. and And you'll know that based upon even previous experiences, previous tough tough times. And it doesn't have to be a tough time as you know, as tough as what the pandemic has been, you can draw from, geez, even when you were a kid or you're in college and, and you're just trying to study because this exam is going to be super difficult. And if you know, it's going to be super difficult, then maybe you'll study a little harder. And then what ends up happening is it's because it's happened for me almost every time your vision of what is the most difficult ends up not being as difficult as what it actually is. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. It's, it's, um, and then knowing that, and then when you're actually in it, it's like, yeah, it's hard, but it's not as hard as I was the picture I'd painted for myself. And then eventually, the the that that tough time ends. You come out of it, uh, and you come out of it stronger, more resilient. You've learned from it, uh, and you've you you can look back on it and take all the positivity as you as much as you can out of the situation and moving forward. When you think about a new leader.
0: When you take, think about somebody who is in a, a, a new role, and you are going to advise them on, on the best way to show up, you know, kind of the house of 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 of, yeah. of being, you know, of of going from kind of learning it to actually doing it, what what's
2: what's some of the advice from all of your your experience? Would you would you would you share with those people? I would say the first thing you have to the first thing you have to work on is is communication and active listening. Ask lots of questions. Of your of every single person that you're in charge of or you're responsible for leading, so that you get to you get to know who the people are, and I mean beyond um, think of a whole person concept, right? And every person is different. Every person has a different uh, home situation. Uh, you you just never know. Uh, so you got to learn to ask a lot of questions. So you're asking more questions than you are giving answers because you're your new leader. You're certainly not going to have all the answers. So ask a lot of questions Um, as the new leader with your teammates, uh, ask a lot of questions. I'll just say it, ask a lot of questions and listen, practice practice active listening and listen to what they're telling you. Um, And it will, it it will just create a relationship between you and your team uh, that will really set you on the right path uh, to leading them into the future. So we got time for just a, a couple more questions. And, and uh, I always like to
0: pose this question because the, the insights are always so valuable. Um, if there was one thing that you wanted our listeners to kind of take away from our conversation today from all of your learnings, what do you think that one thing would be?
2: Oh, the one thing is reflect internally as to what your personal values are. When you are working inside of an organization, understand there's other people in that organization and those companies. That organization has its own values. If you are struggling inside your organization and whether or not you're a fit, it may just be because your personal values are not aligned with the with the company's values. And every company is different. Work hard to find the company that fits with your own personal values, because you'll be you'll be a happier employee. You'll you'll be a better team member, and And just be, be fully aware, get to the point where you're fully aware of who you are and, and what you do and what your purpose is. And, and you will then search out and find uh, the organizations that are a
0: good fit for you. Oh, Bravo. Thank you so much. If people wanted to dig a little bit deeper into you, find you, work with you, connect with you, learn more. Obviously we always recommend people uh, go grabbing the book, uh, but, uh, where would you send folks?
2: Yeah. So my website is robertbrabo.com. That's B-R-A-B-O. Bo is a nickname. So my legal name is Robert. So it's robertbrabo.com. You can connect with me there. You can find all the social media uh, links there. You can find access to our e-learning platform and our leadership programs all at robertbrabo.com. Thanks, Chad.
0: Robert, Robert, thank you so much for being a part of the Blanchard Leader Chat podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Thanks,
1: Chad, for interviewing Bo Bradbo, because I just love the title of his book, From the Battlefield to the White House to the Boardroom, Leading Organizations to Value-Based Results and One of the reasons I love that is my father retired as an admiral in the Navy. And I tell you, as I was listening to Bo, I was just reflecting on what my father taught me. I never forget when I was in seventh grade, I won the president of my class in junior high school. And I came home and I was all pumped up. And my dad said, congratulations, Ken. But now that you're president, let me give you your first leadership lessons. Don't ever use your positions. Great leaders are great because people trust and respect them, not because they have power. And what Bo is really saying is that the great leaders are leaders who lead according to their values and people know what their values are. And when they're leading by their values, they know what they can, pre- can predict and what they can, can expect. And if you're in an organization where your values are different than the organization, you're going to be fighting it Constantly, you need to find an organization where your values are consistent with that organization. What a graced advice that is. And I want to tell you his experience going from the military to the White House to the boardroom and all is just fabulous stuff. Listen to this, share this uh, with your people. They need to understand the importance of their personal values and the impact it has on people and values led leadership. Gets great results. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Bo. Great session.